everybody welcome into a special edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous friday august 4th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas i'm going to make this one short guys you've stuck with us all week you appreciate it we've got our weekly recap coming up where Stu and i will cover and replay all of the top segments from the last week it was a great week solo show last night by myself Stu did one two nights ago you've got two shows of us together um great week guys we appreciate you checking us out as always www.energy Newsbeat.com. It's where all these stories come from. Check us out. Stuart Turley, Michael Tanner on LinkedIn. Questions at energynewsbeat.com. Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. I'm turning it over to the team, though, in the weekly recap. We'll see you Monday, folks. And this is not just about fossil. It's not just about renewable energy. It's about energy. A silent threat to the energy transition. America's broken infrastructure policy. Here's some numbers in this article. The Inflation Reduction Act was really a big win for America's infrastructure and energy future. That is a misleading statement as it had very little for the infrastructure and a lot for the renewable uh, wind, solar and storage. Here's the gotcha. At the end of 2022, there are over 10,000 projects, most of them wind, solar, and batteries waiting for permission to connect to the grid, up from 8,100 the year before, according to researchers at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Backlog projects sitting in the queue represented 1,300 gigawatts of solar, wind, and battery. This is just nuts. If anybody understands physics, you have to be able to balance out the demands of electricity by having intermittent renewable and then balance it with online energy. This is one thing to get the wind, the solar parks built, and then you got to connect them. But there is a backlog just to get them connected or approved. The Inflation Reduction Act included hundreds of billions of dollars for solar panels. And but if they can build new transmission lines at a faster around 80 percent of the emission reductions expected from that bill might not happen. So, you know, it's one thing to print money. It's another to want to go to renewable. It's another to sit there and say, we want to have total guaranteed electricity and have it at low cost. You cannot have all of your cake and eat it too, because you won't even be able to bake the cake. Um, some more sobering statistics. Interconnection roughly equals the install capacity of the entire U.S. Uh, power plant fleet and just 21 percent. 14% of the capacity seeking connection from 2000 to 2017 has been built at the end of 2022. That's just nuts. Um, we cannot, we can print money, we can build the infrastructure for the wind farm and the solar farm, but we don't have the business processes to hook them to the grid. The U.S. has billions. Uh, good luck 
uh, plugging them in. Let's go to the next story. Klaus Schwab's daughter, permanent uh, climate lockdowns coming, whether you like it or not. Michael, before we get into this article, let me explain something to our listeners right now. Explain them. Okay, the World Economic Forum, this is not me talking. This is not conspiracy theory. This is what they said. They are going to do a new world order, and they are all about doing climate change. Now that people are just like um, Sweden is saying, hey, maybe we might want to look at this in cost of energy. Um, the World Economic Forum is going to be doubling down. Climate change folks are going to be doubling down. Today, also, they had a report where uh, it is Gulf Stream current could collapse in 2025, plunging Earth into climate chaos. We're actually bewildered. And then they're also saying that we're now a broiler for the climate. Climate change is no longer climate change. We're now broiling. (laughs) So there's literally a quote here. What what scares me and creeps me out about the World Economic Forum is when you get quotes like this. So I see a tremendous, this is from Schwab's daughter. What's her name? Nicole Schwab. Right. So I see it says there's a tremendous opportunity to really have this great reset and use this to have huge flows of money in a way that's not possible to create blah, blah, blah. Opportunity to really have this great reset. Ooh, I got that. Gives, that sends chills down your front. A great reset. I'm good on and that. Let's go down here for just a little bit more. There were numerous examples of global maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, mass vaccination, and acceptance of contract tracing applications for public health. They did this in order to get it rolling. And now they're calling for a climate catastrophe (laughs) as people are waking up and going, I can't afford the renewable stuff. They're going to double down and go even worse. You're going to see it polarizing even worse. If, If you're into work from home, you should applaud climate lockdowns. Ooh, uh, no, ooh, no, ooh, no. People ooh. are tired of wearing their bunny slippers. And uh, I'm going to ask you this right now. How many days was the longest days in a row that you went without a shower during COVID? Yeah, it, uh, yeah. it's one I'm not comfortable answering on this podcast. Right. You don't want to go through that again. And I'm not being locked down again. I'm sorry. It ain't going to happen. I just so, thought it's interesting pairing. But no, um, it, it is kind of scary what the World Economic Forum wants. It's not a joke. We cover it if only because these are their quotes, people. They're literally saying the Great Reset. That what what it, this is not us. That, and, uh, and the point, I wish it was. I wish I, I wish this was a bit. I wish we were doing a bit, but it's not. The point that I'm trying to make is we have the ESG bouncing back. The investors are demanding their money. BlackRock has been quietly investing in oil and gas. They're going, look, that's a squirrel. And then they're investing in oil and gas. So the energy hypocrisy, the investing hypocrisy, it's going to get worse. Okay. So we call an energy news beat buffet. <laughs> Harold Ham sees a great oil fortune 
still untapped in U.S. shale. Michael, do you see how I weaved all these stories mm-hmm. in together? And I'm coming in with a really nice one here from Harold. I was on the phone trying to work around with his scheduling. We're getting Harold Ham on the podcast. We like us some Harold Ham. And uh, this is pretty exciting when you sit here and think Continental, uh, he and his family, the future is bright, said Harold during an interview with Bloomberg this month in the Oklahoma City office. I look at this as an industry that's exciting with a lot of adventure and potential for making great wealth. We certainly have seen some great days in shale, but we have a long way to go. Yay. So I'm pretty excited about this. You also have Exxon and you have their purchase of Denbury. You start looking at all of the one. They're saying there's a lot more in the Permian coming around the corner. So Ham said it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a thrill to it, like finding ancient wealth. This guy's a rock star. So I can't wait to talk. He's to old him. school, man. Like. Hey, data says one thing. Data says we're we're declining oil. You know, we're we're running out of oil in the Permian. Where I find, you know, yeah, all, all the data says one thing. Harold Ham, ah, drill baby, I love it. Yep. It warms and my heart. It it is, and uh, you know, he took Continental back private yeah. and to and do this a- to go wildcat. Gotta love it. I love it, and I am all in. I couldn't be happier that he's. Oh, by the way. His new book, we're going to be giving away five signed copies uh, for of Harold's new book. He's signing for us. So as we get through this, we're going to have a little contest for five signed books from Harold. to try to get that man on a podcast. I'm I'm already booking it. Good. Coming in. That'll be a fun one. Oh, it's going to be a hoot. Deadly cargo ship. Fire still burning on vessel carrying 500 electric vehicles in North Sea. This one's pretty disturbing. Um, I've had nightmares about the way that boat looks. It's an ugly looking box. In fact, for our podcast listeners, if uh, the producer can slide in uh, one of the pictures here for our video folks. But the the box really looks more like a uh, Star Wars one of those things going across the desert on Tatooine when uh, Luke is there and they uh, kind of goes along and rolls along. It's a pretty ugly boat. If I was, uh, I'd set fire to it if I had that ugly of a boat. It's called in from the Hague in Netherlands, 3,500 still burning. Here's part of the problem is we've all seen that the batteries, once they get started, the lithium batteries, you can't put them out with water. The Coast Guard said it was working to save the vessel from sinking close to an important habitat for migratory birds. Boats and helicopters were used to get the 23 members off after they tried unsuccessfully to put out the blaze. I don't think they're going to be able to put that out. And that ship is going to be kind of like a ghost pirate ship. Currently, there's a lot of vessels on scene to monitor Get the hot dogs, get the s'mores, and try to at least have a a decent campfire uh, out of it. Uh, They're trying to make sure, I love this one, so we're currently working out how we can make sure that the least bad situation is going to (laughs) happen. I kind of really thought that one was pretty funny. Here's where it gets a little bit of a a issue. Uh, I'm just throwing these numbers out there in a SUV 
weighs, I believe, around 7,000 pounds, or excuse me, a uh, EV is around 7,000 pounds. An SUV can weigh around 4,000 pounds. An F-150 gasoline type or I, uh, will weigh 1,200 pounds less than the Ford Lightning. That is a lot of weight on there. So as that ship burns, think about how much toxins are going into the air. And then also as that thing sinks, this I have a feeling is going to be worse than any uh, oil spill. When you start taking a look at the contaminants that are coming out of there, I'm not sure. I'd like to get some numbers on it. But I'm also wondering if the news is going to cover it. I just find this hilarious. We've got first article, U.S. industry giant warns Democrats green energy push fuels, quote, doom economy. I love to say American fracking and oil pioneer, the industry American oil pioneer. Um, we've got Continental Chairman and founder Harold Ham on Fox News today. Kudlow, quote, is energy independence. It means world peace. His quote is, it's very important. I'm a patriot. I love America. We've produced something that's very good. We have to maintain that. Basically, he, you know, I mean, in my opinion, it was his first opportunity to get out in front um, of the news cycle because now that Continental is no longer public, it's private. He can say whatever he wants. Um, so, you know, he's definitely going to dive in on that. He argued that even though President Biden has waged war on the over the fossils for the last three years, he says that Americans are not going for, for it. Um, he says EV sales are down. Big companies are losing tons of money. The oil tycoon said, likely hinting at Ford's recent multi-billion dollar loss. People are not going for it. The American people don't want it. I don't know if they don't want that or not. But what I do know is this. EV stocks are getting pounded. We know that. Oil and gas stocks are getting pounded. I'm looking at my board right now. A lot of red. He's coming out to make a push. Again, luckily, he's private. They play by a different set of rules. So he kind of comes at, at a critique from... From He can kind of come from the sideline. He can say whatever he wants and not necessarily need to be subjugated to a board. He is the now he's got creditors, but, you know, he he's he famously wrote a one billion dollar check to his ex-wife. Um, I've, I've seen a picture of that. It's kind of crazy, but good for Eldham getting out there. It's why he bought it, spending, you know, 20 billion dollars to buy back Continental stock in order so you can go on CNBC. It's the world's most expensive time slot, and I'm here for it. Next up, this is scary, guys. Arizona driver says he was trapped in hot Tesla after battery died. We're just going to read a little bit of this, guys. So this is in this is in Arizona, guys. So obviously, smoking hot, 112 degrees. A Peoria man says he was trapped in his Tesla in extreme heat after the power died and didn't know how to escape. ABC 15 investigators found a dozen of drivers have filed complaints with the federal auto safety regulators who are arguing for urgent car owners learn how to manually get out in an emergency. It's definitely a safety concern. It's one of the hotter days. Seven 73. Okay, so this is all a scam because the dude was 73-year-old. Newsflash, if you're too stupid to get out of a car and have to learn how to get out of a car, just educate yourself a little bit, man. 73 years old, like, I get it. You know, if, if this was a 25-year-old, I'd think a little bit different. But the fact that this dude's 73 might be a little bit um, old on my blood. He was stuck in his Tesla Model Y in his garage back in June. I just, I mean, it, you feel bad for this. This is an old guy. I feel bad. If Stu was here, I'd, I'd ask Stu when the last time he did this was, but I, I only kid. You feel sorry. That's not good. I mean, it, it, all jokes aside, getting stuck in a hard car is not good. But you should just probably figure out how to like open your car, you know, to give you guys an idea. You know, they say Tesla needs to address this. I mean, this is an interesting quote, car safety export, Norman Hubel. It's essentially a computer on wheels that runs on a battery. That's that's very true. So I personally, when I was in the market, you know, five years ago for a truck, I wanted something that more, you know, had the manual seat, something that was as little as electronics as possible so I could replace the stuff. 
That's the thing with these computers. You're going to geek out all these cars. I think it's great. I'm a computer guy. I got nine screens I'm looking at right now. But what happens when they break on a car? We figured out that screens are cheap. Throw another screen, 75 bucks, stand, 20 bucks. You know what I mean? Real easy to get spun up on more screens. How easy is it to get spun up on some of these parts? It'd be super interesting to see how it goes. I'm, I'd am i want an ejector seat. Where's the James Bond ejector seat on this? Because I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs>